so Andy, my, my first question is really going back in time. I was doing some research. I saw that you have a PhD in English literature. So what was the tipping point or the driver for you to get involved in the area around corporate sustainability and tracking impact? I was doing a PhD at, at Berkeley, and my time in the ivory tower wasn't exactly what I had hoped it would be. And so I felt somewhat isolated from the important trends and events that were beginning to, to really shape society and, and business. And so while I loved the opportunity to study poetry and big ideas and romantic notions and also to teach and work with, with students, I decided that I would, I would go into the business world and, and cut my teeth as an entrepreneur. And so I, I, the, the short story is I actually originally went to an investment bank, and it was there that, that some of the important seeds for Angel Points were, were sown because I was tapped on the shoulder one day by my boss who said, Mercy, can you go down to the soup kitchen tonight? And I had no idea why he was asking me, you know, a young investment banker, 28 years old, to go do that. But, of course, I went. And what was really amazing and striking was that the senior bat brass of the firm were all there. Um, and so I was standing online uh, serving food with uh, the CEO and, and the VPs of all the, the major areas of the firm. And, and one guy in particular who was head of the trading desk at the time and spent his days yelling profanities at people like myself, he was particularly striking because he was so emotional and having such an incredible time and empathizing so much with the people he was helping. So I went back to the firm the next day, felt much more connected to the people around me, to the firm. Uh, and so that was kind of my eye-opening volunteer experience. I subsequently mentioned that to my father, uh, who was at Goldman Sachs for 30 years as a partner. And he said, you know, Andy, I love that story. And that was an incredibly important part of uh, our strategy at Goldman Sachs. And every year we, we did a ton of volunteer work to build the culture of the firm. And he said, if you ever want to come talk to the people in charge of community programs at Goldman Sachs, I encourage it. I think you'd find them. There was one woman in particular who had come from a, a great position in, in public service. Anyway, so I went and met with them in uh, 2000. And after telling me about the programs, they called me into the back room and said, hey, you want to see our great uh, Internet application for managing all our programs here at Goldman Sachs? And I did, and that was when the light bulb pretty much went off. Uh, and, and I thought to myself, well, if Goldman Sachs has a web app for doing this, based on everything I understand at that point, I had been doing some research, based on everything I understand, there's a market need for this. And that was really the beginning of, of Angel Points from an entrepreneurial standpoint. It's really interesting because I figured that you were experiencing some type of challenge that you felt that you had a solution for. And Angel Points aims to do, to really through an all-inclusive employee CSR and sustainability platform, cover volunteering, giving, and carbon and waste reduction. And also what's very important to your model is for employees to be engaged in this and to right. track the impact. So, so you've got kind of this integrated approach. You have employee engagement and you have tracking impact. Are all three of those tenants really core to what you're trying to do and how you're trying to help companies and individuals to make their own impact? Absolutely. Um, so, so I started, you know, we started with the volunteer piece, but, but just as corporations are uh, evolving their own engagement programs to integrate 
volunteering, giving, diversity, inclusion, sustainability, anything that touches the employee in a way that has the opportunity to help the planet but also drive business innovation is where we want to be. And so as we look at, at the continuum where companies, in our view, are on a journey to get to, is to a point where everything their people do uh, has a, a triple bottom line orientation or helps the planet while driving profits for the business. And many companies don't know that they're on that journey. Others know they're on the journey but are are still playing around with, call it non-strategic volunteering or cause marketing. Wherever they happen to be on the journey, it, you know, we think it's it's great as long as they are self-consciously and proactively taking steps towards that 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 higher objective of full integration of profit and and planet mm-hmm. and so so that's that's our contribution is to is to do it is to help companies bring together a, a whole series of employee activities that drive that kind of cultural change uh, and and our tools aren't even um, you know aren't even probably where they will be in five years when more companies are ready for for fully integrating activities. Uh, But we're meeting companies where they are today. Okay, so I want to go into some of your tools in a little bit more, with a little bit more detail. But first, can you give us a rundown about the benefits of measuring? I mean, I I think that some of us know this. You sometimes need to go back and really hear it again to get energized around it because it can be a pretty tedious process and it can be confusing. and, And oftentimes we think, hey, we've got the program, we're doing the good work, either that's enough or the measurement will come later. So can you get us jazzed about why we should be measuring from the beginning? I mean, I think the biggest reason, uh, and it, it definitely goes back to the, the tried and true adage that you can't manage what you don't measure, uh, unless you have a clear expectation or goal in mind, it, it's really hard to achieve anything meaningful. And so we try to make it incredibly easy for our clients to set concrete goals, both at the individual level and at the company level, in terms of hours contributed or dollars contributed, um, outcomes in the community, uh, waste reduced, energy reduced, things like that. And what we found time and time again is that the companies that set the goals are the companies that meet or exceed the goals. The companies that don't set the goals uh, are the companies that seem to be treading water, um, seem to be a little bit less certain about where and so, you know, it's just, uh, you know, begin with the end in mind. Uh, think about where you're trying to get, set a concrete goal, and then measure whether you're getting there. It's as true in the world of CSR as it is in the, in the world of business and finance. So that's, that's fundamental to what we're helping, trying to help companies do. Does that get you guys, Olivia? (laughs) No, it it does. And I was reading something, though, that only around 20% of companies are using uh, management tools to track this. And so is that because they're not understanding the importance of measurement? Or why do you think there's a discrepancy? Do you you think it's that these companies don't equate their sustainability efforts or their CSR with real business objectives, and so they're therefore not putting value to measure them? I think that's a big part of it. You know, you, you probably know, as I do, that as recently as five years ago, people weren't really even talking about CSR. And so what we're seeing is, a, is an evolving market um, and an evolving trend uh, that started with fairly non-strategic um, objectives that were rooted probably in corporate philanthropy uh, more than anything else. 
and now are, are being pushed, thanks to Michael Porter and lots of other thought leaders, towards closer alignment with strategic objectives. And so, you know, we look at one of the fundamental milestones in the journey as having uh, technology and measurement tools in place, um, but we acknowledge that a lot of companies still aren't there. Uh, the good news is they're, they're coming. The market's growing rapidly, and we're seeing the shift happen, uh, but, but, you know, this will take time. Can you give us some of the most important metrics for a company to track? And I know this can be a little bit dry, but I try to give some concrete um, tactics that people who listen to these interviews can take away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll start with kind of the, the less strategic, and then I'll, I'll try to evolve it uh, some towards more strategic. But, but certainly if, if companies are just starting out, getting a handle on um, participation level, so are your employees participating in every department of your company and in every region where you do business? Um, branching out from your employees, you can start looking at other stakeholder involvements. You can look at whether you're engaging any of your clients in some of your CSR activities, uh, investors, partners. Uh, that could be in, in volunteering, giving, or sustainability activities. It could also be in, in feedback and dialogue around your results. So stakeholder feedback and engagement in that sense. So participation is one big uh, area. The other one is is outputs. So how many hours are are all of these different groups contributing, um, and in what ratio to one another? Look for areas uh, of leverage. Look for departments that seem to be uh, creating more outputs than others in terms of volunteer hours or dollars given or waste reduced. Uh, recycling programs and biking to work more, health and wellness initiatives. Um, so track those kinds of outputs. And then the outcomes, obviously, are, are more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're seeing companies tracking uh, skills-based, skills development. So um, uh, what percentage of employees are enhancing skills through, through these activities Big one uh, that, that we think is important is engagement, as measured by the Q12 or some of the other um, engagement indices. Uh, so you can actually correlate um, high levels of activity in CSR programs and uh, their engagement. There's certainly correlations that are possible between retention, uh, absenteeism, uh, job performance, and even uh, revenue. Uh, an example would be a bank where it try it, it had one of our largest financial customers correlated uh, that they were actually more profitable per employee in the branches where they had high levels of community involvement. Um, and then and then uh, you know increasingly what what you want to look for is um, potential uh, innovation. So. So as a result of programs uh, in the community or with sustainability, what sort of ideas are percolating up that, that can be turned into new market opportunities, new products and services that, that the company can offer? And so it's, it's, it's looking at these programs as uh, R&D, in a sense, and, and market innovation. 
but that's, I mean, that's interface. That's 1%, less than 1% of companies who are really doing that today. Mm-hmm. The vast majority are further down the value chain where I started. So another basic question, what do we then do with this information if we're tracking this and we have our participation levels and some of the outputs and then you know, maybe even some of the outcomes? Do we use it just to evaluate and to improve our programs? And do you have any guidance or thoughts around that? Because it's one thing to collect the information and then it's another thing to figure out how that can help us. Sure. Well, when it comes to reporting um, and telling the story, there, there, there's also an evolution uh, that we look at. So the first thing is you do nothing uh, except look at it internally and try to make sense of it. The next thing you do is you start to re- um, report it outward um, to your various stakeholders. Uh, and and um, I don't have the source with me right now, but, but to a greater extent than others, um, consumers are expecting... Uh, companies to talk about their their green and CSR initiatives. Something like 70% of employ- of consumers say that they expect companies to talk about what they're doing. And what's fascinating about that to me is that greenwashing used to be uh, something to to beware of, and it still is, of course, but the, the opposite are tr- is true as well. If you don't tell your story uh, in a credible and passionate way, you could get dinged in the marketplace for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so then the evolution from from telling your story uh, uh, in a periodic fashion is to start to have uh, two-way communications. So you tell your story, and then you get feedback from stakeholders. You know, it, this seems legitimate. This doesn't seem legitimate. We think you should challenge yourselves with these goals, or you know, push harder in these areas. Um, and, and while you're starting to communicate in two directions, you also uh, increase the frequency of your communication so that you go from maybe a printed CSR report to uh, digital communications on a more frequent basis to real-time communication. And so we have a large client uh, like AT&T and others that are literally pulling data in real-time from our system Mm-hmm. and publishing it on their websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're being more transparent and, and, uh, and real-time about, about their performance. Okay, that's, that's really helpful. I like how you gave us, again, that kind of evolution of the communication strategy. So I want to go back now about you developed this platform that's really around integration, around connecting some of the waste reduction or the carbon reduction efforts of a company that could be housed in one department with the employee giving and employee volunteering, which... You know, sometimes those are housed in HR and sometimes they're not. With a platform, you recognize the need that these need to be integrated and speak to them, speak to each other and build off one another. Do you see the platform helping to kind of break down the silos between these different departments and really integrate the program, not at just a communication or reporting level, but um, at a programmatic or execution level within a company? Undoubtedly. I mean, the, the, the biggest... Aha for me was when I was at a job fair, and I was talking to a young uh, Net Impact uh, member who was going around interviewing, and you know I said, "How how important are these programs to you? Diversity, volunteering, giving, sustainability." And and what was so clear from talking to this young woman was that 
she didn't view these things as programmatically. She just viewed them as a, a part, an incredibly important part of the holistic experience she was going to have with the company. And so you think about a young person coming into a company, they don't label these programs. They just say, how can I do my job as well as possible and help the planet in a way that's meaningful and ideally have those two things complement each other? Um, and so, you know, the, the legacy of these siloed approaches won't fit the mind frame of the future worker. And so companies are, are going to have a real opportunity, frankly, to to break down those silos and say, how can we all work together to realize that these are, these are issues that are about uh, inclusion and social equity and environmental justice and profit. And we need to get our people thinking about all these dimensions at once, and that's what's going to really differentiate us and make us more competitive in the future. So can we talk a little bit about the platform, Angel Points? Yeah. And, and it really helps to create employee awareness around different programs and to engage employees. How does the platform do that? You know, we have a, it's web-based, so, so anyone can access it anywhere in the world. Um, companies have to worry about, about hosting it and, and managing it. We, we take care of that for them. Um, and then the tools are designed to just make it incredibly easy for people to get involved. So an example would be um, if you have an event that uh, is about uh, waste reduction or an environmental cleanup initiative, and it takes place on a Tuesday afternoon and it's in San Francisco, um, what you can do with our platform is send an email to the 65 people or the 6,500 people, depending on how big your company is, who literally fit those, those exact criteria. And we've done, we've done research of our, of our data to show that um, when you use targeted communications rather than spamming people about everything that's going on, but when you target people based on their skills, their interests, their geography, their availability, um, you're 94% likely to get uh, someone to sign up for your event, mm. as opposed to if you just spam them, you're about 50%. So if you have a chance to be, you know, one out of every two times, two of your events to have success versus almost 100% of the time to have success, uh, it's one of the things we can help, help you achieve. So we make it easy to get the word out to employees, for employees to sign up, then it's easy for employees to record what they've done, both in qualitative and quantitative terms. And then the real, some of the real magic of, of what we do um, is, is dashboards. So um, showing progress uh, helps the company and the people understand that everybody's small contribution adds up uh, to, to an enormous change. And so you might have somebody who prints double-sided uh, now because they learned about this new paper reduction campaign at the company. And so they started printing double-sided, and they look at their own little indicator, and they realize that, you know, they have to print 1,600 times before they save a tree uh, based on double-sided printing relative to single-sided printing. But when they go to the team indicator for their San Francisco office, they see that 17 trees have been saved. And when they go to the company indicator, they see that 4,000 trees have been saved, and all of a sudden they say, holy cow, I'm part of something here. This is, this is bigger than me. This is an opportunity to make an enormous difference, 
if each one of us contributes. And it's that kind of thinking that we believe um, for companies that are just starting out on this journey, as I've said, especially need, because they need their people to, to get excited, to galvanize, and to start making small changes. You did a survey that found that a top barrier to effective CSR programs is a lack of employee awareness, which is astonishing. But I would think that that is kind of a two types of awareness. One, it's awareness to all the events and the volunteer opportunities that are going on. But two, it could also be awareness around the impact. So are there any types, other types of awareness that your platform helps to achieve? I guess the, the other dimension that's quickly coming to mind is, well, two things. Uh, one we call factoids. On, on all the sustainability actions that we promote, we provide pretty cool bite-sized factoids about the implications of the action. So I don't have one. Uh, I wish I had one right in front of me. But, but everything, like even down to uh, a TV-free family night, there'll be a little comment on the right side about um, the value of spending time without the TV with your family mm -hmm. and reading or, or just spending that quiet time together. Uh, that one's kind of soft, but, but when it comes to eating organically or, as I said, printing double-sided um, or connecting in the community, uh, all these, you know, and, and there are dozens and dozens of them now, that's really... I think powerful for people who don't know what the implication is of taking, buying that plastic bottle of water at the supermarket, or bringing their their reusable bag to the supermarket. Um, so those factoids are pretty powerful. And and then the other one is just uh, stories. So we're we're going to launch a a competition um, in the second quarter, which is going to be designed uh, to reward. Uh, people in corporate America who tell the most interesting stories about their company's engagement in CSR. And what we found is that people listening to other people telling stories and exposing those stories through our platform uh, is one of the, the most powerful ways to build awareness. That's really interesting. I had one of my questions, does storytelling have a role in all of this? Uh, and so you just preempted that. So in, in one sense, it seems that you have this platform that's about metrics. It's about measurement and impact and tracking. And it can give quantitative analysis or quantitative updates in real time. But then you have this, this other part that, that's really about behavior change and creating a movement and a feeling. Um, so can you talk, you just mentioned that you're going to have a competition around storytelling. But do you also use storytelling to engage employees in um, volunteer opportunities or volunteer giving? We provide the tools to our clients. And, and to be honest with you, Olivia, I think that's an area where we can do a better job is helping our clients with stories to mobilize the, the collective power of their employees. So, so feed them more of those stories that they can use internally to communicate their programs. Um, it's not something we do a huge amount of today, but we've amassed so much information that there's really nothing stopping us, and that's part of the reason for this competition is to is to prov to, to more transparently provide that inform you know those stories back to our clients. One of the things one of the things we just started doing um, or reinvigorated was our our client gatherings, um, and 
we just had a client gathering in San Francisco, for example, where we had uh, 15 of our of our Bay Area clients together in a room, and the stories they shared with each other uh, about best practices for engaging employees or reporting or setting goals um, was incredibly empowering to to the group. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we we know that that sharing those stories across our client base is is a really great thing to do, and we've just we're going to be doing a lot more of it in the future. That sounds amazing. I mean, it wouldn't be so interesting to have a blog that just profiles those different stories and best practices. I would absolutely subscribe. I, I love hearing the stories of how companies did it. It's just, uh, it's so inspiring. Who comes to Angel Points and requests this, you know, from a company internally, from, is it someone traditionally from a, a certain department or Who's leading the charge in terms of establishing this type of tool for their company? The, the people who call us are most likely uh, at the largest enterprises in the CSR department, corporate responsibility. CS, you know, you know as well as I do that they're calling it different things, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a moving, a moving uh, bogey. But mm-hmm. um, it, ten years ago, or eight years ago, it was definitely HR. And then we started to see it shifting more into corporate communications and community relations, and now it, it's increasingly showing up in CSR and sustainability. Okay. Um, people who are looking at, at the areas of volunteering, giving, and sustainability, uh, that, that would come from the sustainability area of the, of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, all our enterprises, though, and I'm, I'm really interested in your perspective on this because I've been talking to more and more CEOs of small, medium-sized businesses, I mean, I'm talking 100 to 300 employee businesses who are hungry, it seems like, for ways to excite their employees and, and help their brands. And these are, these are CEOs who pay for 401k plans and health benefits and company retreats and facilitated gather, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, off-site, all these things. That, that we can give them a solution that's more sustained, sustainable, scalable, um, and they can chart their progress over time for, for you know, a, a similar price point. And we've never sold to that market, but, I, but I'm sensing that the trends that have been affecting the Fortune 500, the Fortune 1000 are starting to affect down market uh, in, in a pretty compelling way. I'm wondering if you're seeing that. I'm absolutely seeing it. Yeah, you've just verbalized it really well. I, I think that there's just an excitement. There's a realization that, that this is possible, that it's exciting, that it, it, you know, that it's an effective way to run a business. Uh, and so I do see a lot of smaller and mid-sized businesses starting to to engage in this, either building it in or creating, you know, models around this from the beginning. Your platform, as I mentioned before, it really is quantitative and it allows for that, but it also has these elements of behavior change and a more of a strategic, you know, you as a client, I can come in and I can look at this platform and I can start to plug in my company and my people in different areas and it really provides a, a bit of a framework so that and there's still room for me to create and to to build programs and to find what works for my employees and and our brand and everything. But there there is some type of structure that for for people who are new at this or are unsure of how to get going or you, how to do it correctly is really helpful. Well, you nailed it. There's a framework and a structure and a reporting um, framework. 
which are all incredibly valuable, especially for, for small companies um, that may not know exactly where to get started. But the other thing that, that I'm most excited about is, you know, the ecosystem, which, which is an oft-used term right today. But with the small businesses, um, we're going to allow them all to be connected to each other. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in 94941 here in Marin County or, or wherever you are in the Bay Area, and we're going to start with a pilot in the East Bay, there are going to be 20 to 30 companies who, you know, as soon as one of them posts a volunteer activity or features a cause or starts a uh, sustainability campaign, all the other companies are going to see it, mm-hmm. and they can join it uh, if the company wants them to, but they're going to feed off each other. And these kind of connections um, in, in this context make a hell of a lot of sense, whereas in other contexts, competitive forces might, might disallow it. Yep, I, I think that's so great. I was thinking about that um, when you were talking about that size market because that the peer-to-peer sharing and then I think for small and, and mid-sized businesses, one of the areas that interests me is, is forming uh, you know, real partnerships around a cause or around a program and so that you're, you're, um, you're raising your impact exponentially by partnering with other organizations. Um, and you, know, you can even do that in a very public sense too. So I think that's... That's really important, and that'll be interesting to see some of the trends that arise out of that. So, so Andy, I, I'm not sure if, if you can answer this question because it's kind of secondary, but I'm also interested in behavioral psychology and kind of organ, the psychology of organizations. And around some of these volunteering and sustainability initiatives, have you found certain um, triggers that have gotten people engaged so whether it would be setting up internal competitions either between departments or regions or rewarding people i know that your you know the angel points has a built-in reward system that um you know people yep. can turn on so to speak or is it motivating people through group activities uh, have you found one of these techniques to be that you know entrepreneurs and businesses who are listening to or who are reading this interview can they say oh maybe I could start with competitions or maybe it's really rewards that seems to have the highest dividend or you know it's just a it's a combination. I I genuinely believe it's a combination, Olivia. I'd be I'd be um, sounding overly scientific if I tried to give you uh, a prioritized response. I mean. Competitions are something that that we do internally here, um, and it creates an incredible sense of excitement and urgency. Um, rewards are are high leverage um, because they they create recognition, but they also allow the company to um, leverage the individual's contribution uh, in its own contributions. So you get more for the bigger bang for your dollars, so to speak. Um, the, the other one is, um, is just, just recognition in the form of storytelling. And that one is the most subtle, but, but perhaps the most valuable, because when a company tells a story about an innovative program or the results they had through a program, and they mention a department or a group of people, I think there's a, an incredible sense of ownership and pride that comes out of that, that for all we know, and we genuinely don't know the answer to this, could have the, the biggest impact going forward for the company's success. 
Um, so I, I think it's a combination of things, uh, and, and, you know, time will tell uh, whether, the, whether there's a real... St- the other thing we're, we're, we're um, going to start playing with is, is some of the gamification principles. Um, so competition's obviously one of them, um, but, but how do we uh, create levels? Uh, I've talked about an evolution uh, in many of my answers, and we really believe that there are different stages of this journey. And so unlocking different stages uh, could be an incentive for a company um, in the way that you unlock different levels when you're playing a video game. Um, having ratings and, and public feedback and, and just uh, allowing more gaming principles to come into what we do is something we're really interested in. Have you thought about, this question just came to me, but have you thought about having, right now Angel Points is for, a company can just report out through it or communicate through it to the public and to their public stakeholders, but have you thought about having it be almost an impact um, or, you know, evaluation or uh, rating, you know, publicly facing rating assessment also almost in the sense like Good Guy does or B Corp or something where you're giving companies a public score for their efforts? We've begun to chart what we call the apex. And the apex stands for the summit of sustainability and responsibility, but it also stands for the Angel Points engagement experience. Mm -hmm. And if you picture that like a mountain with the apex at the summit um, and then various camps like base camp and high camp uh, representing levels of attainment, um, what we've thought about doing is is using this to chart uh, companies' performance and best practices uh, and we can do that as publicly as, as companies are willing to let us do it. We can certainly do it in generic terms publicly to act as a, uh, as a useful benchmarking tool, but we can also do it to help companies understand where they, uh, the public understand where companies stand. The other thing we've done um, historically is, is what we call the APIX, which is the Angel Points Index, Stock Index. And we've taken all our publicly traded companies and we've created a basket fund out of them and compared them to the major stock indices. And historically, we've always outperformed the major indices. Familiar, you probably are sincere also in the Bay Area with HIP uh, investing in Paul Herman. I am, and they're doing some interesting work on that for sure so I can see as you know if you are moving kind of downstream to smaller companies and mid-sized companies that that might eventually reach a point where you are being approached by employees within these companies who are really trying to use this as a tool to win over buy-in from higher-ups when I'm talking to people both through interviews and through people who come through my site or reading my work some of them are business owners who are trying to uh, establish sustainability programs, and some of them are employees who are trying to establish sustainability programs in their companies. Have you been approached by someone who's not at, really at that decision-making level yet around um, using Angel Point's platform and some of your tools? Not yet, Olivia. Um, that would be that would be a, a great outcome for uh, for the future. And I think what we would do in that situation is we'd give them the ability to quickly assess where their companies were based on um, some questions that, that we have that that are consistent with the journey I've been describing. Um, and then based on their feedback, we can help them understand where their company is. And then we could probably give them uh, an internal communication document 
that allows them to walk into a decision maker's office and say, hey, here are the benefits, here's where we are, and here's how we can improve. Mm-hmm. Have you heard from any of your clients that the angel points in this type of impact tracking have helped CSR executives or sustainability leaders to make the case to the rest of the company for these programs and initiatives? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We have clients who report at the annual meeting of the board of directors. And um, those kinds of regular check-ins with with KPIs and key performance indicators and concrete metrics build so much credibility at the board level. And then that gives you uh, a license to continue to expand your programs um, and if you do that with the senior management team as well, uh, it just starts to pervade other areas of the business. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's about increasing your credibility internally with what your programs are trying to achieve, building awareness, uh, and, and growing those programs over time. So we've talked a little bit about you know, the power of storytelling. Is there um, an example or two that you could share from us that has come to you through your work with companies? I think one was was a client who just uh, recently did an eco challenge where they were trying to reduce waste uh, and increase health and wellness. Um, and the way it was told to us was uh, the, the CEO was a little bit reluctant and you know endorsed the project, but but didn't necessarily immediately see the value. And it wasn't until um, a, a few weeks later when he was walking. Uh, through the building, and he saw a small group of people sort of excitedly talking to each other, and they had just uh, won um, the the challenge for, I think, the the most miles biked uh, to and from work. And, um, you know, he, he made note of it, went back to his office, went into the site, signed up for the challenge, uh, and, and next thing uh, we heard was he was biking alongside his uh, the other employees um, in this effort, and so it was just a great example of of how you know employees galvanize together, create excitement, and it kind of trickles up, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always start top down. And I like that. I mean, I think that there's you know, there's a lot of talk, and it's important to have this type of top level buy-in. But I think with the the tracking and the structure that Angel Points provides, you really can start it at a, a lower level and, and have that effect going up or going rating out into other departments that might be less familiar with some of the efficacies or benefits of these types of initiatives. And I think, yeah, I think one of the keys for companies who are just starting out is to make it fun. Um, and, you know, one example would be for, for Lance Armstrong's Live, Live Strong um, campaign, a lot of employees, uh, male employees, grew mustaches for an entire month. And so you just you just create this environment where all of a sudden walking around the office are all these guys who used to have no facial hair with mustaches. And everybody thinks it's quirky and amusing and they ask questions. And, and the answer always is, oh, I'm, I'm doing this in support of cancer mm-hmm. eradication. Mm-hmm. Another great example is um, where employees at companies that have uniforms, where it's it's you know smart business dress most of the time, on on one day a week or one day a month, you can wear blue jeans and dress down, 
provided you drop $5 into the kitty for a particular cause the company is sponsoring on that day. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you've created this kind of fun awareness around a cause, and, and that's, that's the beginning. But that's what I would encourage companies to do who are just starting out is, is make it fun, be creative, build awareness, uh, and then uh, it really takes off from there. When I first approached just putting together some of my notes and looking at Angel Points, I, I was thinking of it's, it's really it's a platform for companies. It's around helping companies track their, their engagement and their, their impact. And I, that was my mind frame. And the more that I looked and I realized it's, it's not really about companies. It's really about all of the individuals and their individual actions that can be much more small scale that really add up to some powerful changes. And so that was just, it was an interesting journey for me as I kind of thought about the different levels of the platform. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I I definitely feel as though companies have an enormous opportunity to drive this kind of social innovation. Andy, thanks so much for doing this interview. It was really great to speak with you. I've been interested in Angel Points for some time. I think it was might have been Chris Jarvis from Realize Worth who mentioned it as one of the effective tools. And I remember him specifically talking about you know, the real-time reporting element of it, which is, seemed like it was a tool that just accomplished everything magically. So congratulations on building, <laughs> building something really robust. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and the work you're doing in the, in the field. It's awesome to have smart prolific people helping the cause. Thank you. For more interviews about cause capitalism, visit causecapitalism.com.